0: I am Jim Collison, and this is Gallup's Call to Coach, recorded on September 15th, 2022. Call to Coach is a resource for those who want to help others discover and use their strengths. We have Gallup experts and independent strengths coaches sharing tactics, insights, and strategies to help coaches maximize the talent of individuals, teams, and organizations around the world. If you're listening live and you don't see the chat room, we'd love to have you in it. There's just a link right above me there to it. Click on that and sign into the chat room. If you're listening after the fact or you have questions, you can always send us an email, coaching at gallup.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Call to Coach on your favorite podcast app or subscribe right there on YouTube so you never miss an episode. Mario Lou Almeida is our host tonight. Mary Lou is a Learning and Development Senior Consultant and has been with Gallup for over 20 years, based in our Sydney, Australia office. She's an executive coach, course facilitator, consultant for APA in our APAC region. And Mari Lou, it's great to see you a second time. For folks who came out live, they'll know why I said that, but welcome to Call the Coach.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Now, thank you so much, Jim. Always uh, great to be here.
0: We, so, had a, we had a good practice and uh, we have a fabulous guest. He's so great. We want to have him uh, do it again. So, Joe, uh, uh, welcome. But, but um, Mari Lou, why don't you introduce him?
1: I will do that, certainly. Um, so yeah, we know so good, so good to have Joe and I will give you a little introduction into who Joe is and Joe started his career here at Gallup. So he's a former colleague and a dear friend. We even shared an office together. So we go a, a long a long way back. so it's uh, it's a real pleasure to to get to have a chat here on call to coach uh, today. Today, Joe runs his own business called True Perspective, which he started in 2017. And strengths-based psychology is really at the core of his practice as an organizational psychologist, uh, de- a leadership development and a culture specialist. Joe has a deep understanding of the power of utilizing a strength based approach to lead uh, a purpose-driven life. And I know purpose is very important uh, and we'll talk about that uh, in a bit. He has also recently written a book called True Perspective, which I've just read and thoroughly enjoyed. Um, so really looking forward to this, to this conversation. So, Joe, um, when I asked you to join Call to Coach um, and, you know, whether you'd be willing to do this, you very readily agreed and said it was a bit like coming home. So welcome home first.
2: Thank you so much. Great to be here. And uh, now it, it is, it's wonderful. I couldn't wait to, to have this conversation with you and Jim. And yeah, it's awesome. So.
1: Fantastic. Uh, what, what, is, um, what about it is like coming home?
2: I think, um, so Gallup will always have a really uh, dear place in my heart. It's such a, uh, I think, uh, when I think about the culture of all organisations that I've ever partnered with and for companies that I've worked for, um, Gallup is, is like a family and I just have this sense of uh, if I was to go anywhere in the world and rock up to a Gallup office and say, hey, you know, I, I started my career at Gallup, I'd be met with open arms, someone would want to take me for lunch, there'd just be this sense of belonging and, and I think that's so powerful just as, a, as an organization to be able to harness that um, and, and live by that and lead with that. Uh, so yeah, Gallup sort of taught me that. I remember saying to a manager once, uh, "I don't know if I could work for another company uh, because <laughs> I just felt so connected and looked after and supported. and that's um that's still true today, yeah, in terms of uh, what you guys are all about.
1: Mm-hmm. No, so so good, so good to 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 hear that and um, yeah, to have you here on uh, you know something that's very Gallup, our uh, call to coach series. so mm. good good to have you back here, a uh, bit like, Coming back full circle. Yeah. So, um, you you know, you've written this wonderful book and I've just finished reading it and I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I know from from in the book, you draw on your professional life, your experience as a coach and a consultant. uh, But you also share a very personal story and Mm. that does make it an engaging read. But I think more importantly, by doing that, you really demonstrate and role model what it is like to lead with the truth. Um, For the reader, it can be raw and it can be confronting at times as we read through that. Uh, And I think you just show a lot of vulnerability in doing that. What Mm. was, um, I'm sure it was not easy, but what was important for you to share that story?
2: Yeah, no, great question. And and thanks for reading the book, by the way. It means a lot. But um, I, I think there's a couple of things. Um, for me, uh, sharing my story was, um, a, there's a bit of a selfish reason around it. I, I think I understand the importance of being able to, to liberate yourself uh, of some of the stuff that you've experienced in the past. And I do share some quite challenging experiences and, um, and how that's then formed my understanding of self. Uh, but also others, uh, so that that's probably the first reason, just that uh, selfishness associated with wanting to to you know do something that was enabling me to be quite cathartic with it and just express myself and get it out there. I think the second reason is um, asking asking clients or asking people to be vulnerable is um, I think it's unfair, especially as a psychologist, because there's this this distance or this um, barrier because you're a professional and there's this authority there. So I wanted to, um, to show my clients and uh, demonstrate that I can be vulnerable too, and I'm human, even though I'm a psychologist, I'm human. And I, I wanna respect them and, and myself in that process because sometimes when you're coaching somebody, their story, it, it actually overlays with your story and, and it has an impact on you and you feel emotion in that moment. And rather than run away from it and say, "Oh, that's not allowed," and I, I can't be human in this conversation, actually, you can. And I think that's what we should aspire toward.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Um, so you you talk about sort of the importance of of sharing that, right? And what what I I think what struck me also in your book is it's not just your version of events, right? Mm. And, and I think that's what true perspective is about. It's about how people see you. And so while you mm. narrate an incident, you also get your mom to share her view of that and you get your sister to share her view of that. Mm. Um, I think that's really powerful. Um, what, what brought that idea to do that?
2: Yeah. So, you know what, that, that part of the book um, and that, that um, technique, I guess, is mm-hmm. was an accident. Um, so, so really, uh, I think I, as I was writing it, I, I felt this, um, that there was a couple of reasons as I was writing it, it, it felt a little bit, um, self-indulgent. I was like, yeah, well, this is just my view. And, and while, you know, I believe that to be true. Um, I wonder what my sister would think about this. I wonder what my dad would think about this. I wonder what my mum would think about this. And also my editor read it and went, wow, that's pretty full on. That's a bit heavy. Are they okay with you sharing this? <laughs> and I was like, oh, good question. So, so in that moment, I said, wouldn't it be interesting if I, I shared them this story? I shared it with them and then I get their feedback on it. I get their perspective. And my editor was like, oh, yeah, that, that'd be cool. And I said, yeah, that'd be great if we could integrate that into the book somehow and, and just see how that, that forms. And so I I did I I asked for my sisters uh, my dad and my mum to provide their perspective and just kept it within the, the, the confines of you know direct family, and um, and that was that was really interesting and of course one of my sisters decided not to partake um, my my dad wasn't well so he he sort of listened and gave me some verbal feedback which I integrated into the book and then my mum and my other sister provided written responses which I incorporated. But yeah, it, it definitely changed my whole perspective around my own experience, my own story, and, and just opened my eyes to, to actually what was going on for them as well. So it was really interesting, really yeah. interesting.
1: It, it is, I, you know, just reading it, It I think it is, it's so powerful and it reminds us that everyone may view the same situation so differently. And sometimes mm. when we're in that, you know uh when we are coaching someone we're hearing it from from one perspective um and you know in true perspective i also like the metaphor you use of sculpture right building a sculpture and Mm. when viewed from different angles it's different tell us a bit about yeah that that metaphor and because i think as leaders it's important when we Mm. coach leaders it's important for them to see how they are seen or how they land in the world
2: yeah um so so i think um yeah i i I love that you love that, that metaphor because yeah, I, I love that metaphor and actually the, the sculpture that I, I refer to, I think I, I tell the story in the book, I've got just behind me there. My sister recently brought it. She found it in a pile of junk somewhere, unfortunately, but um, she brought it home. So I'll, uh, um, I'm more than happy to share that. But um, no, uh, I think when it comes to, to coaching, it can be quite two-dimensional especially if it's over the phone and it's um, you know, a, a couple of sessions. And, and you know, back in the day, that's, that's sort of how we, how we did it for the initial uh, one or two sessions at, at Gallup. And I found it frustrating because I was like, I'm just getting one version and it's just this slice and I could sense that there's more to the story, there's, there's more going on here. And, and even in organizations, when you coach somebody, you meet them at a cafe or you meet them in a private private room, uh, you're hearing one version and of course it's their version and it's true and it's valid, um, but it, it's far more powerful to understand what, what's going on from other angles. And so that, that led me to, to really get interested in long-term coaching, but also coaching within organizations where you're co- coaching multiple stakeholders that actually know each other and interact with each other. And that to me, it, it becomes far more complex and and obviously politi- political, and there's politics at play, but the nuance and and the effects of the um, the context and what's going on around them makes it um, makes it uh, really uh, interesting, but also powerful because you can observe what's actually happening um, in the context. Um, <laughs> Joe, if
0: perspective is so important in that, especially in mm-hmm. group you know, in, in, in group coaching situations. And we spent a lot of time talking about 360s and getting, mm. right. Getting, high, is there a way to speed that perspective process up a little bit so that you can get to the meaningful coaching faster without, because sometimes that's, there's a, there's a lot of work involved in getting, mm. getting perspective, right. Getting the stories, yeah. getting, it, it's not just looking at a sculpture and going around it one time. You've got to mm. really dig in. Any mm. thoughts on that as we think about that that group coaching and that that three from that three fit three fifty perspective?
2: Yeah, so so yeah, I love three sixty, and I do I do um, utilize three sixty in that context to be able to uh, understand what's going on. But uh, but I, I let the I let the coachee determine uh, who the stakeholders are, and, and I actually sit with them. I I directly speak with them, so that's not um, not a really long process in terms of you know, creating a, a report off the back of it and the formality, I'd say, is what people are looking for for validation or um, or to, to make it feel like, yes, I've, I've gone through a 360. But the, I think the coaching, the coaching, usually I, I'd say that the most meaningful and challenging aspect of coaching is that very first session. And that very first session uh, is where we, we sort of connect um, and it's, the rest of the sessions are about um, disentangling whatever it is that we've identified. Uh, so, so I'd say we know, the coachee and myself, maybe it's not conscious, but we know what we're working on after that very first session. And um, that's, yeah, the rest of it is about how willing they are to go there. And, and there's so many reasons why somebody's not or why they're holding back or why they, they might regress even. In terms of their um, their their level of progress, um, you know, like I'll get feedback sometimes from a from an organisation that's like, oh yeah, they're, they're going great. Like, what are you guys doing? And I said, well, you know, they're, they're doing the work. Um, yes, we've had a conversation, but they're doing the work. And then sometimes it'll go backwards, and like, oh geez, they're in a bad way. Can you have a chat with them? You know, can you make them? And it's like, mm, no, but <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Um, however, I, I think you know it, it it really comes back to that truth like whatever that that truth is that that person has identified in themselves that they're either not uh, leading with or um, they're not owning or uh, whatever it might be I think that's that's where it becomes um, you know quick you know yeah if, if we can use that term and look I, I think everyone's got their own process. I don't like to, to think that there's a fast way of doing it but it we all know what that truth is. It's about identifying it and then um, doing what you know needs to be done. And that's that's it pretty much, mm-hmm. if I can simplify it. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that answers sure. the question, Jim. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so, you know, you talk about, um, I think like you say you always start with the, the person you're coaching, right? And, and in my experience also as a coach, uh, it's so important we do that and we spend enough time before you bring perspectives of other people into the equation. Uh, you want them to be really ready to take that on and sort of primed even to take that on. Mm. Um, what are some ways, I think for a lot of our coaches listening to this, you know, what are different ways of gathering that feedback? You know, so mm. I know you know, know, we may have like, a, a, sometimes there is like a more formal process where you get yep. ratings and where you get some... Um, yep you know, call feedback as well, but for coaches who are on their own and may not have all of that technology mm. to support them, what are some ways to get mm. that feedback?
2: Yeah, I, so I think um, there there are tools and, mm-hmm. and you can use tools that 360 tools, there's thousands of them, and, and they're not hard to identify and uh, and to buy. And uh, So you can purchase them. They, they typically look like a link that you send out and uh, either you can direct Uh, who who provides the feedback or um, or you can ask the individual to direct who they want the feedback to come from Uh, rather than uh, you know stress about uh, you know what sort of what sort of tool you're going to use because I think that that is less important I think what's more important is um, engaging that person in the process of seeking feedback because if they don't want the feedback, or they're feeling um, scrutinised, or evaluated, or judged as a result of that feedback, then you know it's, it's just not going to be helpful. It's it's going to be a waste of time, actually, and, and probably more damaging than good. So an example of where that that isn't um, a good thing to do would be if an organisation said, look, we've got this person that. You know, they've got some challenges. We think a 360 would be really useful so they can hear uh, the actual truth and, and then you know we, we can you know, do the work with them and make them better. And I, I just think that's such a terrible starting point um, because firstly, that person needs to feel understood. And usually if there's some challenges, maybe, maybe they're not feeling understood, they're not feeling heard, they're not feeling supported. So, so I always like to start with um, that. It's getting to know them and letting them know that I'm, I'm there to support them. And actually um, they're more important to me than the relationship that I have with the person paying the bills. Um, don't say that out too loud, but, um, <laughs> but it's it's true. It's, it's like actually the person that I'm coaching, of course their organization has supported me to come in and, and work with them. But that's, that's what's most important to me, to work with them and to actually enable them to uh, do what's right for them. And, and sometimes that can even be leaving the organization. Say, so, oh, what, you, you're here to coach me out. So is that what you would like me to do? And uh, I mean, look, ultimately, that's like I'm there to serve them. And so um, if they've said, yes, I really want feedback, what would that look like? Then starting by just getting them to nominate their key stakeholders. And before I do anything, they need to have the conversation with them. They need to engage with them and say, hey, I'm going through this process. I've got this coach, his name's Joe, and he's gonna, he's gonna connect with you. Are you up for that? I'd really like some honest feedback. And so the, enrolling them in the process, I think is so important for two reasons. Um, they're, they're letting them know that it's important, but secondly, they're, they're saying, I'm going out of my way to make sure that I've got a coach that's gonna meet with you and sit down and talk about me and give me that feedback. So I'm invested, right? so it matters. So I'm definitely gonna do something with this feedback if you're willing to give it to me. So that relationship right there, that process, it changes. So so rather than just sending out this impersonal link that they then fill out in the secrecy of their own home and put a few extra commas in to make it sound like someone else has said it. I, I mean, I'm just not into that. I think mm. the real magic is in what people are sharing. And I think when you're doing it in person as a coach, you can dig a little deeper Uh, you can seek permission to share that information directly with them and say are you comfortable with me sharing what you just said directly with them and I think that's that's a really powerful um, way to do it
0: Joe I think you just answered my question in that answer as opposed to the the one right after in the sense that engaging them in the process and then having them reach out saying hey I am engaging that the, the the act of doing that the process of mm. doing that may speed up that perspective because the indio- yeah. individual is hearing it from them right it's totally. it, it in, in almost granting permission from that and that yeah. may speed up that relationship process
2: yeah that's great yeah yeah, yeah. and then then there's no uh, challenge with confidentiality either right, right. it's Right. Yeah, it's it's like, well, oh, how can I trust that what you're doing? It's like, you've nominated them. You've asked them for feedback. I'm just the vehicle. I'm just the messenger. And um, transparency around the questions that I'd ask. Um, and we always start with them, right? So we, we start with them first. It's like, here are the questions that I'm going to be asking your stakeholders, but you need to ask them of yourself first. And so they know exactly what I'm going to ask them. i say, I'm not changing anything. It's just going to be slightly reworded because it's coming from them to you, not you about yourself. And then we reconcile that and have a good conversation about it. Um, But there are usually no surprises in it. The truth Um, is always in there, but they already knew it.
1: Mm -hmm. It is, um, I think, so important, like what you just said there about um, just building trust in that process, right? I think so Mm -hmm. often organizations where they fail with 360s is it's almost seen and used as an assessment tool yeah. Rather than a tool for development, right? It's yeah. it's this is should be purely for development rather than assessing yeah. who's doing what and, and what the score is.
2: Correct, correct. And that's it, um, look at even though that is clearly specified um, throughout every interaction uh, and reinforced at every step, uh, people can't help but determine that you know, it's gonna be utilized um, against them. And also people giving feedback um, that are, you know, of course, if it's the CEO, I couldn't possibly say anything that might be perceived as critical. Uh, So coming from the person directly to them enables them to ask those questions, but you're still gonna have challenges with trust. Um, It depends on the culture of the organization, the relationship of that individual. But all of that is really useful uh, context and really useful information for a coach. To understand all of that is, that's how we create the three-dimensional view of what's happening here, not just the two-dimensional what you told me one-on-one. Now we've got the full picture and the sculpture. And so that's uh, coming back to that, that metaphor. I think that's, um, that's what I mean. It's like building that three-dimensional view from as many perspectives as possible. And um, the, the more perspectives you seek, the higher the clarity, and resolution you get of that image. And I think that's what we're we're working towards as coaches.
1: Yeah, I love that. Such a I think such a great metaphor and visual to have in terms of, you know, what this is this is all about. Mm. But how do you kind of strike the right balance? Because on the one hand, you know, you want people to stay true to their values and who they are, right? Mm. And then also consider what other people think about them so how Mm. do you strike that balance Mm.
2: yeah yeah it's it's really important question and I think it's it's one that comes up a lot Um, I think um, what I'm all about is um, I call it legacy creation and and simply put you know if legacy feels like too much of a big word uh, simply put it's how do you want to be remembered right so as a leader as a parent as a sibling whatever it is in whatever context you're in right now how do you wanna be remembered? And I, I think most people, and, and I say most because there are exceptions, want to be remembered um, in, in broad terms positively. They want people to reflect on them positively. So if I can align people to, to what that legacy is, and now we're talking about the future and, and we're creating that, that um, persona, that perspective. Yeah, this is, this is who I wanna be in the world and this is how I want people to reflect on me. Then we come back to, well, that should be how you reflect on yourself. And if there's a gap there, then we have a problem. Uh, we understand why it's not working for you. If you how you wanna be remembered is absolutely aligned with what you say about yourself and, and what you think about yourself, then we look at how people are experiencing you and and what's the reality and what's the the difference. And I think that's, um, it, it doesn't always have to be bad, right? You can be misaligned, but, people are experiencing you positively, it's just not necessarily how you want them to experience you. Uh, and vice versa, you've obviously got situations where um, people are experiencing you negatively and you weren't aware, um, but uh, that would be a more difficult conversation, but no less important in terms of uh, what you need to work on. Um, because I think when you're aligned, you're experiencing, um, you're experiencing um, congruence. And when you're congruent as an individual, you have greater capacity. And when you've got greater capacity then you can help people and if that that be as a parent as a coach as a leader as just a human being in general when you've got greater capacity you can help people uh, do more and share your wisdom and experience with them rather than be so focused on what's going on inside you so yeah it's less about what people think about you because that that's an assumption i think it's their experience of you it's what i'm angling for
1: okay okay do you ever ca- come up like with situations where maybe you know one person's feedback is very different from the others uh or and are you looking for generalizable mm. sort of themes yeah. um yeah
2: yeah so sometimes um Absolutely, you, you get individuals where the feedback is, is very different. Now, um, I don't limit the feedback that people seek to the work context. I allow them to include, um, sometimes they include partners. Now, there's a reason why they might include a partner, because they've worked with them in the past or they currently work with them, um, or they just really value their perspective and know they're gonna be honest. Um, sometimes they include clients uh, or, or friends that know them really well. Uh, that, that speak the truth, or they're very direct. So they want that, um, that loving critic to, to have that, that opportunity to speak their mind. But um, yeah, of course, there's, there's really unique elements that come out from certain people, depending on their relationship with them. If it's they've only really worked with them in one context, then they say, well, this is my experience, but it's only in this context. But then I just, um, I do look for the, the themes. And there's always, there's always a theme. There's always something that comes out. And, um, and I think that's the, that's the magic of being able to speak with so many different stakeholders that they've personally chosen. There's a reason why they chose that person because they, they feel like they know them or they've got something to share with them. So, yeah.
0: Joe, can you dig in on that word theme? I know we mean we mean not theme yeah, in the yeah. in the terms of yeah. Clifton Strength's themes, but I'm yeah. intrigued by that word. There's a theme. Can you can you elaborate yeah. on that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So so a theme um, a theme would be uh, a a consistent. So it's maybe maybe it's a word that people use. And obviously they've not even met each other, right? These stakeholders, they don't know each other. They don't know what the other pe- people have said. I never divulge that. But they might some uh, consistently use a word like direct or challenging or, um, or, you know, they, 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 they're very strong with their words or, you know, so that would give you a theme, a sense of, okay, so they're saying that this person's quite confrontational, Or they can be quite challenging with their words, and and so I'll reflect it back to to understand that a bit more. So so when you say direct, like give me an example of that, and then they'll they'll talk about it, and then I'll go right. Okay, now I've got a really good understanding because that's exactly what my coachee is going to ask me if I say so. One of the themes that came back was you, you tend to be quite direct. So so what do you mean by direct? So I need to know what that looks like and be able to explain that to my coachee, so they're not confused or defensive about it, but they're actually listening to the feedback and accepting the feedback as valid, um, not rejecting it and saying, oh, well, that's just one person's opinion. Um, and you've gotta be careful as well of trigger words. Uh, and and so, and what I mean by that is, there's examples that, that I could draw on where I've, I've done a, a 360 and I've given the feedback and it's been written in a report and they've read something and for whatever reason, um, somebody in their stakeholder group has used a word where it just, it it cuts, it cuts them, right? And we've all got stuff like that. If a certain person used a word, you just go, God damn it, how (laughs) dare they? And, you know, to stop that from happening, because, you know, inadvertent, sometimes I've used a word where I say direct and for whatever reason that is a trigger word for somebody, I think it's really important for that first feedback session to not have anything written. It's just a conversation. And, and it's actually just socializing the themes with them. So if they go direct, what do you what? And you see something happen, you're like, Whoa, okay, trigger. Mm-hmm. So when I say direct, what I'm talking about and it's my word, it's not no it's no one else's word. This is a theme that I've heard and extracted. And I think that's really important to to just slowly uh, integrate this information because it, it is big for people it can be really big
0: well you you the reason i asked you that question is because mm. your cadence changed when you said the word theme you you almost that was almost like a word for you you were like yeah you know there's themes right and so listening for that in the conversation mm. i was like oh there's got to be something, something maybe that- more to that right maybe just a little practice Huge. kind of i in that can I can I ask a follow-up question and Marie-Lou I hope okay. I'm not jumping the gun on I'm this enough. but as we think about the Clifton Strengths themes mm. then the other set of themes how are you listening for those and is that a part of mm. it how does that framework mm. fit in to that listening
2: yeah so so the uh, and I do use Clifton Strengths in in all of my coaching engagements because I, I think the tool's brilliant and love it uh, and it has that developmental uh, developmental focus so, I think when you're delivering feedback, there's a tendency, a natural tendency for people to see it as quite negative, even when it's quite positive. They'll take the, oh, yeah, okay, this is bad. They're just, they're just armed for it. And it comes back to that trust and that feeling evaluated um, perspective that most people have when they're, they're getting work colleagues to give them feedback. So, so I think in terms of integrating the, the Clifton strengths, um, obviously we've got balconies and basements and we can talk about the, the, the positive, the bright side and then the dark side to each talent theme. Uh, I think that is a really nice segue to, to get them to, because usually I would have done uh, a focus on strengths before going down the path of 360. So being able to integrate it back to, okay, let's bring it back to a focus on strengths. It's like, okay, what theme are you hearing from your Clifton strengths emerge here? And how could that be something that, you, you know, you, you hear in this feedback, but you integrate. And um, I think this brings it back to the positive and what they can do and how this can support them rather than it be seen as, well, that's it. You know, this is really challenging or I'll just fob that off as something that, you know, I can't do anything with. Because uh, that would be a shame for somebody to sort of reject the feedback. That's a bit of a rejection.
1: Hmm. Hmm. You um Yeah, I think you you explained that really well because, um, and it has been my experience as well, when you, you know, where people can see how maybe that talent theme can help them and hinder them, they're going to be just a bit more open then to receive that feedback. Like I've had someone, Mm. you know, receive feedback in the 360 where it said, you know, she needs to listen more. And while that can seem, you know, quite harsh if you just read it without Mm. any context, but this person was high communication right so Mm. they were you know already quite aware of times when you know how communication helps them but also how it gets in their way and so then it wasn't coming like out of the blue it was something that they were kind of ready or primed for yeah
2: Yeah. absolutely and every even if it wasn't communication you know say it say if it was um restorative, for example, uh, they could say, well, you know, they just need to listen more. You know, a restorative person wants to jump in to solve the problem and, and action, you know, what's what's going to happen next and here's what you need to do and, you know, that's not always what people want to hear. So you can link it back to, to that feedback quite readily and I think it's a really great way to do it because then you say, okay, well, maybe we need to dial that down. How can we yeah. leverage this more or whatever it might be? So, hmm
1: how do you kind of um, ensure people don't obsess about just a few, you know, maybe trigger words, like you said? Because that, mm. I think, is a problem often with 360s. They, yeah. they latch on certain words and that's all they see in that report.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is, um, I think, first you've got to call it out and say mm. this will happen um, because it will and it does Everyone does it. Even if it's, like I said, largely positive, uh, people tend to focus on very small elements of that feedback and don't see the bigger picture. Um, so, so rather than ask um, you know, the question of why, uh, why this feedback or why, why did they think that or why this word, um, just, just slight, slight shift and change it to a what. So like what, what does this feedback mean to you? Or what are you gonna do with this feedback? Or what, um, what could you do differently as a result of this feedback? And I think that, just that switch from why to what, because why is um, sort of useless, actually, uh, especially when, like, the feedback is valid. And, you know, I, I know it may not be actioned, but you have to go into a 360 uh, with the courage to accept all feedback is valid. And that is just a given. Mm. You just have to. If you don't, then then don't ask, is is my view.
0: Joe, to, to take it back, you got me thinking. So, in the, you know, you're doing individual coaching up front, getting mm. people ready for these 360s. Mm. In the conversations about their own themes, their own Clifton Strengths themes, do you, do you, can you get to those, kind of those, or can you, Sense those triggers, those trigger moments in advance, and does that help you in the three hundred and sixty process? Or you, can you see some of those things coming because you've worked through that individual coaching from a Clifton Strengths things perspective?
2: Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I, I think um, if during the Clifton Strengths, like, and it, it doesn't happen often, but I think where somebody is um, like they don't like their themes or they they sort of reject it. A little bit. I think that that's a bit of a red flag for okay that there's going to be some home truths here that uh, aren't going to be readily readily um, digested. You know, they might cause a bit of bit of a hiccup or a uh, bit of heartburn. So I, I think that's probably you know I, I think it doesn't happen often though. If I if I be really honest, um, that's quite um, yeah yeah quite rare. But that would be it. I'd I'd say. Mm-hmm
1: sure so you you know you talk about um perspective right being considering what others may think of us um how do you also get the individual you're coaching to to lead with the truth because you know you need that from them
2: Mm, a great question and um the the honest answer this is leading with the truth i don't know um, <laughs> it, you know, I, I think it, it, it really comes down to, um, identifying choice. And I think if you want to, if you want to be a leader, not just at work, but in life, uh, you need to discover in whatever it is that you're, you're facing th- your choice. And, and I know that it's not a new concept and, you know, I'll steal, you know, the concept from Viktor Frankl and, you know, that, that, between a stimulus and a response is, is your choice to, to behave in whatever way you want you want to behave, and no one can take that away from you. And so uh, giving somebody that opportunity to identify their choice in their moment, that's their opportunity to lead with the truth. Like, I, I can't force them. Uh, all I can do is, is highlight um, the choice or enable them to identify it for themselves. And then we can talk about some of the challenges that they're facing that are preventing them from seeing that choice or taking that choice. Um, because, you know, we, we, that's, it's complicated. And I'd be, I think it would be unfair to, to say, oh yeah, it's easy, just do this. Um, that's, that's not true. And we all know that to be the truth uh, in ourselves when we're facing a challenge or a difficult decision or a, a life change, it's not simple. And, and I think it's patronizing to, to try and break it down to be simple. So, mm. it, it, the, the only thing that's simple about it is it, it's a choice. And mm. the second that you recognize that, it, it sort of empowers you and enables you to see it from a different perspective and to embrace it. Even though it's still hard, it, it's, it, it, it does simplify it. It's like, right, it's a choice. I, I need to make this choice and then I'll figure out what happens next. Um, that, yeah, that I think is all you can do.
1: Yeah. Now that is real. I think really good advice. It it it's a tough one, and we all come across it. You know, as coaches, you may come across that odd person who doesn't want to be coached, mm. right? And um, I know happens. in your book also, yeah, <laughs> you you talk about the importance of being coachable. Uh, what oh, are yeah. some insights you've had uh, over the years uh, on getting them to yeah to 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 be more coachable?
2: Yeah. So, so look, I think it, it, it's so important how it's framed. Um, the, the purpose of coaching is, is I think if they feel like they've been, um, they've been, uh, asked to be coached, like say someone's, you know, I've had, had assignments where somebody's done something silly, uh, at work, uh, maybe with a client, uh, maybe engaged in ways that they shouldn't have and to demonstrate that they're, they're taking it seriously, Um, the organization says, right, we're going to get coaching for this individual. So sort of, you know, we're going to help them change their behavior and be a better person uh, just so the client doesn't get upset. That was a waste of time um, for the majority of that coaching engagement because the person was like, I don't need to be coached. Like, this is a joke. Like, it was their fault and their problem. So for I'd say for 90% of it, it, it was... It was it was a bit of a waste, and I actually called it and said, "I I don't think this coaching is useful because you you clearly don't feel like you need to be coached and more than happy to to just press pause or exit this whole engagement because you don't want this." Oh no no no, I do want this, and I said, "Great, what what do you want?" And so I just put it back into the the coach's court as to this is your time. Oh, I'm happy happy to turn up. It's sort of like, um, think back to, I don't know if you've seen, um, Goodwill hunting and, you know, he's told he has to be coached and he's sitting there and he goes to all these different coaches and none of them work, right? Because they're trying to do something that he doesn't want. And then his final coaches. Yeah, cool. All right. I'm happy to sit here and we'll just sit here and stare at each other for the next hour. And that's cool. I think that's a really, that's a really valid, um, way to, to deal with somebody um, to enable them to make the choice that actually, no, there's stuff I do want to talk about. The stuff that I do want to clear up here. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't you can't force anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. You, you know, you um, it appears like for you, coaching is a bit about uh, a journey, right? Mm. It's not just a one-off session. A question I get from a lot of our coaches is, um, how do we structure this? You know, mm. should we have topics? Mm. Uh, what does that look like what's your advice on that
2: yeah um, <laughs> so yeah I, I have adaptability in my top five right and, it, and it's one of those ones that's it's always been in my in my talent theme so I, I strongly align to it I, I use it on a daily basis I'm using it right now um, but I think um, I I don't like to um, I don't like to go in uh, to any coaching engagement with a very Uh, rigid structure I I just think that isn't uh, it serves me because it makes me uh, be able to be prepared and know what I need to talk about but how's that helping my client Uh, actually how is that serving them so uh, the other side of it though is what I've realized in running my business if you pitch yourself as I'm a coach and what do you talk about what's the structure and you say oh you know we just go with the flow people don't buy it they're like hang on that doesn't sound very you don't seem to know what you're talking about. How can you just go with the flow? It's like, yeah, but you'll understand once you're in it. No, people want structure. And especially if they're, say, a head of HR or head of OD, they want to know what's the structure. So to how I, I work around that is I, I talk to um, three different topic areas that I like to cover with my clients. And the first being um, a strengths focus. And I talk about strengths-based psychology. I talk about the tool. Uh, as in Clifton strengths assessment, to help us get really clear on what are those talent themes and how do we, we dig for gold and enable that person to realign with who they really are. So that, I think, is the first one. It's, it's, it's grounded in science, but it's also just a great conversation. Uh, we all love talking about our strengths. The second one is um, the one that I, I probably love the most, and that is alignment to purpose. And so it's not enough just to be able to talk to your purpose, um, we need to be able to align with it, and, and what I mean by that, um, we've all been uh, in an organisation where they've got these wonderful values and a purpose statement on the wall, and then we see people behaving and acting in very different ways, and so there's this misalignment which creates this disconnect, which doesn't feel nice, and so that that discord or that um, incoherence that you experience in a person is the same, it just doesn't feel right. It's like you're saying one thing and you're doing another, there's no integrity here, that doesn't work. So stating your purpose, and if you don't know what your purpose is, okay, let's work on that, and then let's align your behavior with it. Uh, So that's the second conversation, and it overlaps really nicely with strengths as well, uh, because they all tie in. The third one, and I guess I'm talking about a three-part Venn diagram here, strengths, purpose, and then at the bottom, which underpins that, is emotional regulation. And I'd say this one is or self-regulation. it's another way of putting it. When, when people fly off the handle or they're, they're really um, you know, feeling themselves with negative self-talk or you know they've got some sort of, um, some sort of distraction in their world that is driven by emotion, and we've all had it, we, you know what I'm talking about. We can't see your strengths and we can't see your purpose it's sort of fog. It's like this fog that, that sort of sits over somebody. So th- being able to manage that and, and be really um, self-aware, uh, internal self-awareness of what's going on inside you physiologically, but also how that's then being expressed, I think is so critical for everyone uh, because it, it just, it hijacks you emotionally and that prevents you from Uh, being fully expressed so yeah there's three conversations that i bounce around in terms of structure and i position that right at the front and i usually say like here's the model that i'm going to be using in my coaching here are some of the tools that we're going to use to support this and you can expect that we're going to we're going to cover these off but where would you like to start and so typically they'll say oh look i'm really fascinated with purpose or yeah I, i can't control my emotions very well i think i need to focus on that or I'd love to start with strengths because I've never done my strengths or I did it. And and so, it just becomes, it's their choice as well. So, Mm -hmm. I love the concept of enabling them to lead the conversation. And then, of course, I'm I'm maneuvering as well, but I want them to own it. I want them to Mm -hmm. engage with the conversation more so than me directing it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. There's a, there's a structure there, but it's loose mm-hmm. and it gives you the flexibility because, you know, in coaching, of course, we want to be, you know, it, we should be willing to be led, right? And um, yeah. you don't want to kind of overstructure it, I think, too much is uh, is the advice, which is great. Yeah. You you know, purpose, I know, is um, very important for you and it comes across very strongly in your book. Um how do you help someone unpack that? Like, you know, I know some people with, let's say, the Clifton Strengths theme of belief or responsibility, they might mm. be able to rattle it off and say, "This is what my purpose mm. is." Um, mm. But some people, I think, find it harder than others. How do you um, help them come up with what yeah. their own purpose is?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a great question because I think um, I, I think. Yeah, sometimes like purpose can be a trigger word for people uh, where, and by trigger word, I mean, uh, not in, in that, you know, it's some bad experience, but they just yawn when they hear the word purpose. They like, oh, go, here we go. Roll their eyes and Ugh, purpose. Why Why do we need a purpose? You know, I've literally had people say that to me. Like, I don't, I don't need a purpose. Like what? And, and I say, cool. Yeah, no, all good. And then I ask them, so what's most important to you? And of course, that question is one that they might consider. They go, oh, what do you mean? Like at work or at home? I'm like, well, you choose. And I think that question is about purpose because purpose really does define for you what's most important right now, not tomorrow, not yesterday, right now. And being able to tap into that for yourself is, is what I think the magic of purpose is all about. And it's not what you say and it's not um, the, the values that underpin that. Like that's how we sort of get there. But it's, it's what it does inside you when you call on it. And so I believe that if, even if you haven't faced it yet, you, you're going to get to a point where you're going to face a challenge. You're going to face some darkness in your world and it just happens, right? We all have our ups and downs. And being able to call on your purpose is the purpose of a purpose. Mm-hmm. Being able to get there at that moment where you need it when, you know've you've, you've defined it for you in the absence of that stress and that um, that intensity but but you tap into it at your darkest moment and it gives you the energy and the fire that you need to, to move forward because you've always got what you need and, and that is the, the choice of tapping into your purpose and, and being able to draw on that energy um, and then it's expressed and people experience you in alignment with that even in your darkest hour and i think that's um that's where i I get to with purpose i think it's really powerful Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. is it it is it something that they can draw on you know just in how they live their life do they see it as separate work being you know different from Mm. their life
2: yeah. Look, it depends. Some people, um, some people like to keep it separate and, and look, I straight out, I say, that's, that's not how I view the world and I'm totally okay with you saying it as separate. It's, but just let me, let me explain oh. how I view it. And, and so it's no judgment. I, I think it's fine if people want to see their work purpose and their personal purpose as, as two differing, uh, you know, uh, ways of being, I, I just, I, I just think that's exhausting and I talk about this concept of multiple selves. It's like, okay, so you're gonna be, you've got your, your work purpose and your home purpose and then your family purpose. And I just think, well, now I'm confused. I don't know who to be anymore. And I've got all these different masks I'm wearing. And whoa, you know, like context, of course, you need to, to alter your behavior in terms of the context you're in. And I think that's a given, right? If I'm in a boardroom, or if uh, I'm in a bathroom, I'm going to change my behavior. That's obvious. But um, but when it comes to your purpose, that shouldn't change. Like what's most important to you uh, is is pretty constant regardless of the context, in my opinion.
0: Joe, the the purpose question was really hard for me for a lot of years. Because mm. everybody came up, you know, I would hear these people say, oh, I got these grange. I want to do these kinds of things and that and this. And I didn't want to do any of those kinds of things. And it took mm. a while for me to figure out I'm a very transactional, like my purpose is to help people. And then how I do that is on a very day-to-day transactional basis. Yeah. And, and I had the other day, I had somebody describe, you know, a little bit of what I do is like hand to daily hand to hand combat. And I kind of went, well, it kind of like I like being in the dogfight every day. Yeah, and and so as I hear it, like I, I'm, I think I'm finally getting to this point. I mean, I, I know I'm a young guy and I've got lots of years left, but the, yeah. I think I'm finally realizing. I think so, the reason sometimes people struggle with this purpose, and even the yeah. same reason they struggle with values, is because we do have some, we we do have some ideas that these have to be these well thought out or well planned or big grandiose examples of things when. For me, I see my purpose as if every day is different, I'm, uh, and I'm helping people, it's a pretty great day, right? Yeah. And so yeah, I, I just want to encourage others is to think, of, I think sometimes we put too much emphasis on the, I'm going to write a book, that's my purpose. I'm never going to write a book. <laughs> that's, that's just never going to happen for me. Jim. Come no, on. no, don't, don't <laughs> bully me and don't peer pressure <laughs> me. <laughs> Yes. I don't know i just to me that's been an eye big eye opening experience as i've gone yeah. as I've traveled with a lot of coaches on called the coach, yeah, and we talk about some of these things, and I'm like, well, I don't mm. know if I hold that strong to values and yet my values reside in helping people, and that mm-hmm. every day can be different i don't it doesn't have to lead to some i don't know any thoughts on that
2: yeah i I love it I love it it's simple i mean at, at the core of it I I'd like to be able to get to the point where you can distill. Um, what, you, what your purpose is to a really simple, pithy statement. And, and so for you, it's like, yeah, day to day, I like to help people, right? It doesn't, and it's not for anyone else. Like someone, like I've had people say their purpose statement to me and go, yeah, but it feels a little bit like insignificant or it feels a bit, you know, narcissistic. And I'm like, who cares? Like, does it change something in you? Do you feel good about it? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I can see that can see how it, you shift when you talk about it so that's what it is for you and um yeah it, it is really simple it, it should be really simple it shouldn't be this big complicated you know wrestle in your mind about what your purpose is it, it should just roll off the tongue and just be uh, be quite quite easy mm. yeah. so yeah it sounds like you've nailed your purpose
0: well, we'll see, marlou We have a just a couple minutes left. Any final any any final questions from you? I'll give the chat room one second too to see if they have any additional questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Just um, you know, what are some tips that you would give coaches listening in? I think you know a lot of times, I've come up with you know, you know, I I, I Teach the certification course. And mm-hmm. um, there are some who just take off and run you know, start their own mm-hmm. business and, and do great things. And there are some mm-hmm. who are more hesitant than others. They all got the same training, but yeah. not everyone has that confidence. What are some tips you would you would give as someone who started their own business? Uh, just yeah. to to have that confidence to to go out there and, and do your job.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think the first one, and you know, may, maybe it's a bit of an eye roller, but it's not about the report. You don't need some special certification, uh, except Gallup certification, you probably need that. Uh, you don't need any qualification, really. Um, you have everything you need right in front of you, within you, as does the person that you're sitting with. And, and that, if you're, if you're called the coach, if, if this is what you know that you need to do, then, then don't, don't delay. Actually, just jump in. Of course, seek experience, um, get peer feedback, uh, do all of that to become better at your craft, but don't wait. Uh, step into it. I think that's, um, that's probably the, the first um, piece of advice. The, the second one I'd say is, as a coach, I think above all else, um, the most important thing you can do is is to be present, and so your state really matters when you step into a coaching session. So if you're stressed, if you're upset, if you're desperate for a sale, if whatever it is that's going on, if you bring that into the coaching session, that's what people will experience. So know how to um, how to get present and and bring your state into that session with consciousness. I think they're the two things that I really love people to take heed of yeah
1: brilliant thank you so much yeah over to you jim questions yeah, joe, from the audience
0: joe uh, no no none a couple a couple um uh, uh brooks out in the in the uh in the chat had asked if we could go a couple hours on this and uh <laughs> I, I don't Love think to. we're gonna <laughs> i don't think we're gonna be able to. <laughs> which is great which is great to hear um mm. mario take a second and thank joe for coming out
1: yeah so. No, absolutely so um Thanks, Joe, for sharing a piece of yourself here today. You know, I think that's something you you always do. And uh your honesty and generosity and just giving advice and, and being yourself and uh just leading with the truth, I think always um really has shone through here today. So thank you so much for uh, yeah, sharing a piece of you.
2: Thank you, Mary Lou. Yeah, it's, thank you, Jim. It's been a pleasure. It's been yeah, really like, great to come. Likewise.
0: Home. You bet, Joe. <laughs> thanks for coming out and sharing that wisdom. I, I was a little, i very intrigued. I have to, I have to go back and listen to these again anyways, and I'm going to enjoy it a second time through, except for my mistakes, but uh, a second time through. So uh, thanks for coming out and being a part of it. Um. With that, we'll remind everyone to take full advantage of all the resources we do have available now in Gallup Access. Head out to gallup.com slash You can log in there. Tons of resources that are available for you. A lot of stuff that we talked about. Uh, we, we've got some some great stuff for you uh, out there as well. Um, don't forget that you can follow us on Eventbrite if you want to stay up to date on all these. And we're going to be doing more of these here out of Australia, which we're kind of excited about. So join us on, on Eventbrite, gallup.eventbrite.com. If you have questions around coaching, master coaching, or you want to become a Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, send us an email, coaching at gallup.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash called to coach, or just search Clifton Strengths on any social platform, including LinkedIn. We'd love to connect with you there. We want to thank you for coming out uh, today to be a part of the program. Thanks to everybody who joined us live. And uh, with that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.